Broadcasting live from Music City, USA. Time now for the Titans Insider Podcast with two Nashville legends of sports radio, giving you the best inside look on your Tennessee Titans. Rumors, speculations, highlights, and scuttlebutt. This is the Titans Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. And now, here's your hosts, two Nashville sports legends, Mark Howard and Terry McCormick. Welcome to the Titan Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. I'm Terry McCormick, along with Mark Howard. Mark, it's time for the playoffs. It is. Uh, it's a fun time of year, and, and we should all appreciate this. Uh, when you hearken back to just a few years ago, when we were trying to figure out how to put the pieces back together after a two-win season, and uh, uh, you know even a nine and seven season, so uh, here we go. Buckle up. Absolutely, and I think uh, everybody got a little taste of buckling up uh, with Sunday's game in Houston, where the Titans managed to win the AFC South, but not without some trepidation. That was quite the roller coaster ride, which is kind of been the norm for this team with great offense and poor defense for a good part of the season. Yeah, I, you know, welcome to your 2020 Titans. You know, this is who they are. Uh, they're flawed. They make uh, maybe uh, the routine dramatic, and that's what we saw Sunday, uh, an incredible finish. Uh, you know, really, you know, I mean, so many sequences in that game, but the, the one leading up to the, the, the long ball to A.J. Brown, uh, and then, of course, the game-winning field goal by the immortal Sam Sloman uh, gives the Titans 11 wins. And it's like uh, what Mike Vrabel said after the game. They're not going to apologize for winning 11 games in the NFL. No, they don't give style points. A win is a win and a loss is a loss. And I think when you look at the way that game went down, I think the most frustrating part of it, if you're a Titans fan, is that the game was pretty much in hand in the third quarter when they're up 31-15. to Then all of a sudden you have a fumble, and then Deshaun Watson gets hot with Brandon Cooks. And then before you know it, the Titans are playing from behind with about five minutes to go in the game and having to, having to put together a drive to catch up and then having to put together another one to win. Yeah, and here's Houston, a team that pretty much had its bags packed. And I know that uh, J.J. Watt, had called them out, uh, you know, last week uh, after they lost to the Bengals. But, you know, I mean, Houston, you could have stuck a fork in them. They didn't have a running game. They had a running quarterback. And Deshaun Watson, you know, just put put his team on his back. You know, give him credit. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Titans couldn't, uh, couldn't cover Cooks. And they came perilously close. Uh, you know, to being a wild card and headed up to Buffalo instead of being home for the Ravens on Sunday. How important a turn of events is that? Because one of the goals that Mike Vrabel and John Robinson and this organization set out for this season was they said, we have to have home playoff games, knowing how hard the road was that they had to go last year to reach the AFC championship game. And even though you can make the case in some ways that this team may not be as good in some areas as it was a year ago, especially on defense, 
How important is it that they were able to somehow find a way to get it done and have at least one home playoff game? Well, I think it's always preferable to be home. I don't think uh, home field is as important this year because of the limited amount of fans as maybe in seasons past. But I would maintain that I would rather have the Titans playing here than maybe going up to Buffalo and risking another bad weather day. Uh, And we saw what happened in Green Bay. Uh, The Titans clearly uh, seemed ill-equipped, you know, to handle the conditions. Now, they're going to probably, uh, if they have a prolonged uh, uh, run in the playoffs, they're going to face some cold weather. Uh, But at least for this first week, I think it's it's good for them, Uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, Uh, you know, to, to have that home game. And I think Baltimore is the more favorable matchup, no matter uh, no matter how you cut it. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Terry McCormick and Mark Howard here on the Titan Insider Podcast brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. Let's delve a little bit into that matchup. The Titans and Ravens, obviously going back years and years, none of that is relevant to this game. But the last couple of matchups, that last year in the postseason and then this year in November, the Titans have been able to go to Baltimore and win. And I agree with you. I think this is a good matchup, probably about as favorable a matchup as the Titans defense could have hoped for, because this is going to, and I want you to comment on it. And then I'm going to toss out a theory to you that's going to sound crazy, but it might make sense. Go ahead. Well, you know, the Ravens have evolved a little bit offensively. Uh, you know, unlike last year, they're not as tight end based, uh, you know, because he threw a lot to, to Boyle and to Hurst last year. Uh, Hurst isn't there anymore. Boyle uh, has had injuries and just, you know, doesn't have the numbers this year. Mark Andrews, you know, is an, is an outstanding tight end. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously the emergence of J.K. Dobbins as their number one runner, uh, you know, is, is something to watch. But then, you know, you look on the other side of this matchup, Terry, and you wonder how much the Titans' defensive numbers are going to play into this. Uh, only team in 30 years to give up 50% or more on third-down conversions defensively and make the playoffs. You know, fewest sacked by a playoff team since the merger. I mean, I love that one. I mean, the merger is <laughs> in the late six. I mean, good grief. We're talking about Bart Starr uh, and Vince Lombardi. Exactly. Uh, The other one was, uh, I think, Dan Graziano from ESPN.com. 184 of the last 184 teams making the playoffs, the Titans' defense is 183 uh, in overall efficiency. So you, you add that all together, and you got a whole lot of concern. No doubt about it, but I'm going to throw this crazy off-the-wall theory at you and see what you think. The Titans, we all know, have had pretty much no semblance of a pass rush this year. They had three or four sacks against the Texans Sunday, and that's been their best output by far of the entire season. But by and large, other than an occasional flash by Harold Landry, they've had nothing from the edge this year. Now, that said... The fact that they don't have a pass rush might actually work in their favor for one reason. Because Lamar Jackson is the type of quarterback that if you get 
sufficient pressure on him and flush him from the pocket, he's going to turn a five or six yard loss on a sack and find a rushing lane and turn it into a 25 yard gain and off schedule play that's going to break the back of your defense. Whereas if you don't have a lot of pressure on him and the Titans probably won't on passing downs, that makes him stay in the pocket and have to throw the football, possibly even outside the numbers where he's not nearly as accurate. It's not crazy. Uh, and it goes back to something uh, that Jim Schwartz, uh, you know, the former Titans defensive coordinator, obviously, uh, most recently with the Eagles, used to tell us, and that is, you face that dilemma with a quarterback every week. Do you want to force him to make a decision or just uh, have him make a decision? You know, in other words, uh, do you put a lot of pressure on him and force him to get the ball out, or do you sit back and have him try to, try to pick out a receiver? And you're right. Uh, I thought that uh, Dean Pease last year spotted that, uh, and, and obviously that was a weakness with Jackson. But, but Terry, to me, you know, we're, we're, you know, you go back and forth about, you know, what happened with these teams. And, and, and to me, you know, that playoff game last year, you know, came down to a few plays on fourth down. You know, we, and we all remember, uh, you know, what happened there. Uh, and, and I think that that's uh, you know going to play a big part too. Uh, the Ravens were 0 for 4 on fourth down in that playoff game last year, and we saw you know on those occasions, you know wh- you know what happened. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, the fourth and one uh, that the Titans stopped led to a touchdown, and they stopped them again. Harold Landry in the second quarter uh, stopped the fourth and one that led to a touchdown. So it's interesting when you look back at last year's playoff game, and as bad as uh, you know the Titans won, the Ravens moved the football. They just it, it, it literally came down to a few key plays uh, that gave the Titans a short field. Oh, no doubt about it. Beginning with the play you were talking about uh, there at the start, where David Long makes the fourth and one stop on Lamar yep. Jackson, then. Yep. With the change of possession and the Titans in plus territory there, Arthur Smith elects to go up top and Ryan Tannehill hits Khalif Raymond on the bomb for the touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 14 nothing thanks to a turnover and a stop on downs. This Titans defense doesn't have to be good, but it has to be opportunistic enough to either A, force turnovers, or B, hold the Ravens to field goals or get fourth down stops. Yeah, and in that vein, Terry, you remember, too, in the second half, Jeffrey Simmons recovering that fumble on the Baltimore 25, and the Titans, you know, turned it into seven more, which essentially locked the game up. True. And the other thing, too, and I don't want to pretend to play psychologist or anything of that matter, but you know in sports, too, that when you have a team's number or a team has your number, it, it can play with your head. Uh, you know, it, the the Colts and the Ravens were in the Titans' heads for years. And now it seems like the Titans might actually be in the Ravens' head, having won the past two meetings uh, when a lot of people thought that Baltimore was the better team. I go back to what Jeff Fisher said. Now, this is the third time in a calendar year that the Titans and Ravens have met. I go back to what Jeff Fisher said 
back when the Titans made their Super Bowl run in 1999. They had already beaten Jacksonville twice in the regular season, but a lot of people thought they couldn't go to Jacksonville and win a third time. And Jeff Fisher's response to that, not only to the players, but to the media, was, we know we can beat the Jaguars. They don't know if they can beat us. Is there some of that element in, in, Sunday, in Sunday's game? Oh, I think absolutely. And, you know, the other thing uh, that is obviously dogging Lamar Jackson is just his overall postseason resume, two years in a row of failure. Uh, how's he going to change that? And, Terry, you know, everybody is very enamored with the way Baltimore closed the season with five straight wins. But remember who they beat. They beat Dallas. They beat Cleveland. Cleveland's in the playoffs. Okay. But then Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincinnati. Combined record, 28-51-1. Yeah, Jackson completed 66% of his passes in those five games. But I still think, uh, in terms of accuracy, he's pretty average or below average. Uh, and you, you make him sit back there. You keep him in the pocket. And uh, I, I think uh, he's going to beat himself. I absolutely agree. I think that's the Titans' formula, that and to try and play from ahead as much as they can with with Derrick Henry. And then, Mark, you talked about accuracy. Talk a little bit about Wilson County Motors. We know their accuracy. Yeah, absolutely, Terry. And Wilson County Motors has Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, and the absolute game changer, the Mitchell discount. Mitchell Bone getting it done, as he always does. How much can you save? We'll find new roads to Wilson County Motors, just 20 minutes east of the Nashville airport, 24-7, WilsonCountyMotors.com. Back on the Titan Insider Podcast, Terry McCormick with Mark Howard, brought to you by Wilson County Motors and Genesis Career College. We've talked about what the Titans' defense and all the troubles that they've had, what they've got to do to stop Lamar Jackson. The X factor to me on the with the Titans' defense is also what do you do with J.K. Dobbins? I think he is a much better player now than from what he was earlier when the when the Titans met them, even though he had a pretty good game against Tennessee. This is a guy who can be an X-factor for Baltimore. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, he really emerged, uh, you know, late in the season. And obviously, you know, for them, uh, you know, put up big numbers, ended up with over 1,000 yards. Uh, and, you know, that, that was pretty impressive, given that he wasn't, you know, the number one running back. They were kind of running back by committee. Uh, actually, Dobbins ended up with 805 yards. Lamar Jackson was the one who went over 1,000. But Dobbins was really the guy. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, we, we saw, you know, what happened, uh, uh, you know, in other circumstances with guys blossoming late in the year. Uh, Dobbins, Dobbins had 160 yards uh, against Cincinnati. He's been pretty consistent. He hasn't been, though, 100 yards consistent, but he's been very steady, averaging about six yards a carry, uh, and that allows Jackson, uh, you know, to use play action effectively, and we know that's worked uh, for the Titans. Absolutely. Now we flip over and we'll talk a little bit about the Titans' offense and how they have to attack the Baltimore defense. We've seen them in the past two meetings do it in very different ways. Because last year in the playoff game, they got ahead 
They had the formula that they wanted, 14 nothing up early. Then they just let Derrick Henry pound away at the Ravens. And then we all remember the, the famous stiff arm of Earl Thomas and, and all the, the uh, ramifications and the social media uh, explosion that went with that. And as the Titans basically used the formula they wanted to to win the game. Then when they went back to Baltimore, it was really Ryan Tannehill A.J. Brown and Corey Davis that stole the show. Derrick Henry had a good game, but it really wasn't until he ripped off the 29-yard run in overtime that won it that he became a big factor. It was really more the passing game leading a comeback against Baltimore in that one. What do you look for out of this game, Mark? Well, Terry, as we've always said, Titans cannot afford to fall behind. Uh, The Ravens are not a very good come-from-behind team and neither of the Titans. Uh, I'm worried. How healthy is Roger Saffold, for instance? Aaron Brewer looked pretty shaky uh, at left guard when he came in to spell Saffold against Houston. And you look at uh, you know Baltimore's interior line, uh, and they're a little bit better uh, than the Texans are with Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams. Uh, they are attacking the quarterback by committee. They've got 39 overall. Uh, Matthew Judon, uh, you know, leads them with six. But they are, you know, a, a team that has a number of guys who can get to the quarterback. And, Terry, we can remember back, it, it wasn't that long ago, 2018, Ravens come in here, 21 nothing, and it might as well have been 210 to nothing, 11 sacks of Marcus Mariota. Uh, that's what we remember. Uh, so can the Titans protect? Uh, Tannehill. Uh, obviously, Derrick Henry's success is essential for them to set up play action, but, but we know the downside of this. You know, we know that this team has some flaws in its offensive line. Corey Davis can't drop the ball three times like he did last Sunday. Derrick Henry can't leave the ball on the ground twice like he did. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of you know, really good things, obviously, with Henry and Tannehill. And Corey Davis had a really good year. Uh, but the Titans can't make Yeah, I think when you look at the way that uh, this Titans offense is built, there's no doubt that they want to run it with Derrick Henry first. But when teams are now trying to take away Derrick Henry, I think protecting Ryan Tannehill, being able to use that play action is important. And I think they got to get the ball in A.J. Brown's hands as much as possible because A.J. Brown is a big-time player, as we saw again on Sunday. He's a guy that can change a game, you know, in through the pass game the same way Derrick Henry can change it through the run game. I agree with you in the fact that this Titans offensive line does have some issues, and I think those issues are not so much in the run blocking because – How much can you complain when a guy has 2,000 yards? But it's, can they protect Ryan Tannehill? Can they hold up against that Ravens pass rush? And the good news is, Roger Saffold said in his media conference call on Wednesday, he said, this is the playoffs. I'm absolutely playing. You cannot let an opportunity like this go by. So he's probably not going to be close to 100%, but it looks like he's going to give it a go if if at all possible. And I'll tell you what, Terry, uh, you know, A.J. Brown, if he needs a little motivation, 
his postseason last year was he was non-existent. He had five catches for 64 yards. He was targeted ten times. He's got to be a little more present uh, and understand uh, his responsibility to this offense. Uh, his biggest game was uh, in Kansas City, uh, you know, when it turned into a shootout. But, uh, you know, had, had one reception for nine yards against the Ravens uh, a year ago in that playoff game. So they need a big game from him, uh, absolutely. I agree with you. How much of that do you chalk up to being a rookie last year? I know that New England actually game plan to shut A.J. Brown down in the wild card round. That was Bill Belichick's plan, it looked like, and thought that his front seven could hold down Derrick Henry, one of the few coaching errors that Bill Belichick has made in his career. He did shut A.J. Brown down, but Derrick Henry ran all over them. I think a more mature and more productive A.J. Brown in his second year is probably going to be a guy that's going to have to step to the forefront, like you said, and give this Titans team probably five to seven catches somewhere in that neighborhood, no doubt. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, and, and I'll be interested to hear uh, you know just exactly what your answer is to this. But even though Ryan Tannehill's stats are down a little bit from last year, his analytical stats are down. Not, not maybe significantly, but noticeably. But I would argue that this offense is better this year than it was last year. Uh, I, I just think that, that Tannehill has demonstrated, uh, to me, uh, especially with, with an inferior line with Lawan out a lot longer this year than he was last year, uh, I, I just think that he's been better this year. I agree with that. I think one of the reasons he's been better, too, is the emergence of Corey Davis as a second threat in the receiving game. Last year, you know, Corey Davis and Jonu Smith were kind of 2A and 2B, but Corey Davis is definitely number two in the pass game behind A.J. Brown. And I think the other thing, too, is when you look at the way Ryan Tannehill spreads the ball around, yes, A.J. Brown is the big threat. Corey Davis has emerged. But just when you lock in on one of those two guys, there will be – an Anthony Ferkser sighting or a Cameron Batson sighting for a key first down. And those guys get forgotten about, but Tannehill does a good job of finding those guys when they need a play and a, and something out of the ordinary just to keep the, the sticks moving. And the other question is, Terry, too, uh, the place-kicking game. Uh, hopefully they get Goskowski back. I mean, Sloman, you know, good for a week. Uh, I don't know if they want to go more than a week with him. Uh, you know, that was uh, a, a harrowing experience there with the, with the doink and good. So, you know, that to me uh, is essential because Baltimore with Tucker, you know, he's one of the best in the business. Uh, you don't want to be deficient in that area. No, you're absolutely right there. I think when you look at what they got, by the way, Sam Sloman, I saw on Twitter, his nickname is the Kosher Cannon. Apparently he's Jewish. His nickname is the Kosher Cannon. You got to like that. Got to love that, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> nonetheless, that said, I think the Titans would prefer to have Steven Goskowski back and uh, performing well. But to me, that's a concern because – 
we saw what happened to Bo Brinkley when he came off the COVID list. He wasn't the same guy. It sapped him of his strength, and he started rolling snaps back. You hope that that's not the case with Goskowski. You hope he, he went through that struggle in the middle of the season where he was missing a field goal a week, it seemed like, and he righted himself over the last six, seven games of the year. I, I really, you have to hope, if you're the Titans, that coming off the COVID list doesn't affect him adversely because, you, like you said, the Ravens have one of the best in Justin Tucker. The Titans are going to have to try to match that with a healthy and productive Goskowski. Yeah, that is one of many things this year we might not find out about until next season. Uh, just the, the hangover effect for all those people. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to you know, make this a, a political thing. But for all those people that are downplaying COVID-19, you know, saying, uh, you know, it's uh, it, 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 demographically, uh, uh, you know, you got to look at it that way. The one thing about that argument is, is that nobody knows exactly how that disease manifests itself, even after you get inoculated or even after you've recovered. And that is the one thing about this virus that we don't know about. Uh, you know, people have that, you know, loss of taste, loss of smell, uh, you know, still feeling weak. And when you're talking about professional athletes, like you said, uh, when it translates to the field, it makes a big difference. Absolutely, it does. Speaking of making a difference, we would like to thank Genesis Career College for sponsoring this podcast. Have you ever thought about becoming a master barber? In less than a year, you'll learn the skills you will need to work at a barbershop or even open your own location. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. Visit genesiscareer.edu for more information on enrolling at the Nashville location. Mark, as we head down the home stretch of this Titan Insider podcast, the playoff edition, give me your three Titans that you feel like are going to have an impact and have to click in this game in order for them to pull off the win? Uh, I'm going to say Rashawn Evans, who I thought played really well last week. And uh, uh, I I just think, you know, with a mobile Lamar Jackson, Rashawn Evans uh, is going to have to be a presence. I I think, believe it or not, well, you know, A.J. Brown. I mean, uh, Corey Davis goes without saying. He's got to hang on to the ball. But uh, if A.J. Brown has a big day, I think the Titans have a big day, and I'll go back to the kicker. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, this is going to be a field goal game, and who's ever doing the kicking, whether it's Sloman, the kosher cannon, or Steven Goskowski, I guess he might be the Polish rifle, I don't know, but uh, or is that Ron Jaworski? But whatever <laughs> the case, I think who's ever doing the kicking uh, is going to be uh, very important Sunday. I would agree with all those. I'll give you my three now. Well, you know, and we're both going to discount Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill because obviously they both of them are keys. But all right, here are my three. I'm going to go with David Quisenberry at left tackle because the Ravens are going to have Calais Campbell back for this game. Depends on which side they want to line him up on. But I got to believe that David Quisenberry has got to hold up. I think he'll be fine in the run game, but he's got to hold up in pass protection to give Tannehill time to throw the football. Some of that's going to be predicated on 
play action and how effective the run game is and the presence of Derrick Henry. But there are there will be an occasion or two where David Quisenberry is going to be faced with a battle against a guy like Calais Campbell or Matthew Judon, and he's going to have to hold up. Number two, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going with Kevin Byard. He's not had the season that he or a lot of people thought he would have after having two or three good years in a row. He's been down this year. I I personally think a lot of that is the fact that he's trying to do too much, trying to overcompensate for some of the defense's shortcomings. But my guess is that Kevin Byard and perhaps Imani Hooker some are going to be matched up and told that they're going to have to be the ones that control Mark Andrews down the middle of the field when Lamar Jackson wants to throw the football. I think that that's going to be a big matchup. Byard's going to have to win his share and not give up big plays to Andrews as the Titans try to make Lamar Jackson beat them throwing the football. And then number three, I'll go to special teams. You went with the kicker. I'll go with the punter. The Ravens have the advantage with Justin Tucker at kicker. The Titans have the advantage with Brett Kern, who is a one-man field position changer with his ability to pin teams deep and directional punt. To me, if Brett Kern has a big game keeping the Ravens bottled up, it's going to help that defense. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think that it has a chance to be the best game of the weekend. Uh, and, hey, we, we've seen a lot of things happen in the postseason in that stadium. So hopefully uh, the Titans will, will make us another memory. Absolutely. By the way, if the Titans win on Sunday, it will be the first time in the Titans-Ravens postseason series that the home game, the home team has won a playoff game. Which is hard to fathom. I would get flashbacks uh, from uh, from 2000. Oh, there's no doubt, and 2008. Both of those were, yeah. you know, just left Titans fans bewildered, and you know they got a measure of revenge in 2003, and I think more of a measure of revenge last year in knocking out a top seeded Ravens team. But it's going to be interesting, like you said. I think this has the potential to be the best game of the playoff weekend potentially for mark howard i'm terry mccormick this is the titan insider podcast we would like to once again thank wilson county motors and genesis career college for underwriting this podcast please let them know you appreciate their sponsorship titans and ravens on sunday at noon